G'day, and thanks for joining us for this week's Two Ticks Town Talk, a segment of the Australia Talks podcast. I'm DK. And I'm RD. Please enjoy this segment from the regular podcast. All right, this week's Two Ticks Town Talk, I'm mainly using Wikipedia and AussieTowns.com.au for my reference sources today. All right, we travel down to my current state of Victoria, travel over to the western part in the region known as the Wimmera, um, surrounded by merino grazing and the Wimmera wheat belt. Today's town is Neil in Victoria. It's about halfway between Melbourne and Adelaide on the western highway. Got a population of uh, just shy of 1,800. Formerly recognised traditional owners for the area in Nil site are the Wachubalak, uh, Jadwa, Jadwa Jali, Wagai, and Jupajik nations. A couple of factoids about Nil before we get on to what caught my attention was there's a major tornado destroyed much of it in 1897. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I know. It's not something you tend to hear. We don't. Yeah, we don't have a lot of of tornadoes in Australia. Nope. Not at all. Very rare. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, that one one did surprise me. Uh, It was the first Victorian town after uh, Melbourne to get electricity. And uh, electric lighting went in in 1892. Uh, Neil Airport, uh, just a bit outside the town, served as a major RAF training base during the Second World War, instructing over 10,000 aircrew between 1941 and 46. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Neil's also between two deserts. The Little Desert National Park, the Little Desert and the Big Desert, the, the imaginatively <laughs> named Little Desert and Big Desert. So uh, one's, one's, a, one's a national park, the other one's a wilderness park. Not quite sure what the difference is. But basically the Little Desert National Park, um, 132,000 hectares, uh, second largest national park in Victoria, and not quite a true desert despite its its name. It gets about 400 mil of rainfall each year and has a whole lot of uh, fall, flora and fauna, about 220 bird species and 670 plant species. The big desert, Wilderness Park to the, the north, is a little bit, well, it's it's a desert. Uh, got arid areas of sandstone, dunes, mallee scrub, mallee scrub and uh, heath. And the, uh, what was it? I like this phrase. The infertility of the terrain has ensured that it's not been substantially altered by Europeans. Uh, mm. fauna, they, the fauna you get up there is lizards, snakes, birds, pygmy possum, hopping mouse, and other small mammal species. So, yeah, that's a, a couple of uh, factoids and a bit of a situational thing for, for Neil. Now, yeah. Yeah, I I just want to ask because I was really when you first said Neil, I was like, that's a bloke's name. Who's Neil? But 
I for our listener that might be thinking the same thing, I think it should be said. It's oh, it's yeah. spelt N H I L L. Good point. It's not, it's not Neil. <laughs> it's pronounced that way, but it's not named after a bloke called Neil. Thank or you. Is, or is, or is it, I don't know. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Named after a bloke called Neil by someone who couldn't spell it. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're com- you're completely correct. And look, I I saw there was two pronunciations, and to be honest, well, I haven't been there, and one of the pronunciations didn't set, make sense to me. The other one um, rang a bell from what I'd uh, had heard. So, if I've got it wrong, apologies to the the people of of Neil. Um, I'll correct it next episode if if necessary. Uh, if you don't get to me before then, it's never going to happen. But, <laughs> 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 but to what? Why now? What caught my eye? Now, one of the one of the joys of doing the two ticks town talk is just being surprised by little things. I like to sort of have a bit of a browse over the maps and see what sort of might ring a bell or sort of think, oh, that's in an odd place. I'll have a bit of a a look up online and see what it was. What surprised me here was Dick-a-Dick. Now, does that ring any bells (laughs) for you? No, no. Dick-a-Dick, traditional name, uh, uh, Lavanya or Jumgun, sorry, Jumgum Jun Nuke or Jungun Jinuki was a, uh, born around about 1934 to 1933. Oh, sorry, around 1934. Yep, was an Australian Aboriginal tracker and cricketer. He was a Wachubalok man who spoke the Wagai language in the Wimmera region. He was a member of the first Australian cricket team to tour England in 1868 and was one of the most well-known Aborigines of the 19th century. That's what I thought. Dick-a-Dick's a a good name. I mean, that's that's – I I know he's got the uh, the, the traditional name, but Dick-a-Dick's a a ripper of a name. Yeah. Nah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to stick in your memory if he walks yeah. up and says, "Get out, I'm dick and dick." You, what? Yeah, bloody <laughs> oath! <laughs> I love that. And then when I saw that he was a member of the first Australian cricket team to tour England, that really caught my eye. It was something like um, I don't know if I even bothered writing it down, but something like ten years later that there was an officially organised representative in um, inverted quotes, team from Australia. But 10 years before that, there was a cricket team of Australian Aborigines who toured England and Dickadick, the bloke from up around this, uh, up around Neil, he was a member of that. Now, That's he cool. was... That must have taken oh, them yeah, so I, long to get there, to, I, to England. Well, I... Don't have the answer to that, but it would uh, look. There was a whole lot of um, God. There's a whole lot of things reading about that. How they they played at different places, and you know, got ripped off by people, and then had to raise money to get back and uh, 
you know, it's like a whole thing, okay. Oh, it was it was a whole it was a whole thing, and I thought, God, yeah, there's a there's a whole lot of stuff we could do about him, but we'll 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 squeeze it into just uh, the the two things, focusing on a couple of things he was well known for. One was the the cricketer, but the other one was being an, an Aboriginal tracker, uh, where he was living living in the Wimmera region, and. Uh, there was three kids, Isaac Cooper, Jane Cooper, and Frank Duff, who went missing in the Mallee scrub um, at the edge of the little desert. They found their tracks the following day after they went missing, but a thunderstorm uh, occurred and destroyed the tracks. The official, sto- the official search was cancelled, and the newspapers reported the children as dead. But then uh, a neighbour of the Duffs suggested asking Dicker Dick and a couple of other uh, Watchabullock trackers for assistance. The parents who hadn't given up said, yep, let's give it a crack. So Dicker Dick and his two mates, um, Jerry and Fred, went oh, with him. Sorry, and- I know that's not funny, but his yeah, two Aboriginal mates called Jerry and Fred. Yeah, a bit yeah that's right. Yeah, Dick and Dick and two other Watchabullock men, Jerry and Fred. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing they were Anglicised names. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just a wild guess there. Uh, went with him, and within hours, they'd got the kids' trail and later found the, the children. The kids were, you know, just about stuffed, but um, they found them. He got a, a, a hero's. They got a hero's welcome back. He was subsequently subsequently called King Richard, and uh, he and his uh, colleagues received a reward. Now, some of that reward went to their white employer to ensure it wasn't wasted. But um, you know, as was the bloody bias of the the time. Um, bias is probably too short or too uh, mild a word, but anyway. Uh, but they, you know, some went in their pocket and some uh, didn't immediately. So yeah, that was that was interesting. Everyone had given up. Newspapers said they're dead, but he went out there and yep, here's your kids back. So that was that really made his name as a cricketer. 1868, uh, the Australian Aboriginal uh, cricket team. Uh, went between May and October of that year, making them the first organised group of Australian sports people to travel overseas. Uh, another ten years before the Australian uh, ticket team. Yeah, so that that really surprised me. I didn't expect to read that, um, nor did I expect to hear that it was ten years before they the rest of them sort of got their arse into gear and and sent someone over. So. And the first organised group of Australians. Yeah, I thought that was very good. That is, especially like when you consider all of the the hurdles that these these yep. group of men would have had, you know, systematic racism and all of those sorts of things that, you know, especially in the time period, it's it's oh, that's yep. incredible that they were able to, to organise it. That must have been very good, I'd imagine. Um, oh, they were well, according to what I report, and with the hurdles, I, I haven't got noted down here, but I remember reading there was some fucking dickhead. Oh, sorry, we are, we are, we are in this. We we are um eighteen plus. Uh, there's some dickhead in uh, 
Victoria who brought in some rule that uh, you know Indigenous people couldn't be removed from the state without his and some other bureaucrat's permission. Oh and my that God. Put the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't you just want to do unkind things to them with uh, a cricket bat? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but fortunately, uh, the dickheads weren't in charge for for this one, and they made it over there. Uh, they played forty seven matches over there between May and October. They won fourteen, lost fourteen, and drew nineteen, which surprised a whole lot of people. So. As a record, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, on the oath. One of their outstanding players was Johnny Mullock. Uh, he scored 1,698 runs and took 245 wickets. And an admired English fast bowler of the time, George Tarrant, bowled to Mullock during a lunch interval and said, I've never bowled to a better batsman. Oh, wow. So, yeah, That's so cool. in answer to your question, they put on a pretty good show. In how a, is this? How is there not a movie about this? I know, I know. <laughs> I just, this is this is why I just I thought, oh yeah, Neil, I've heard of heard of that. That's in Victoria. I, I want to do something in the the state there. Just going through the Wikipedia. And I said, Hang on, what? Who? <laughs> Dick and Dick never heard of him, and and it just opened up this whole thing. I'm. Completely with you. How have we never heard this before? I'm glad you didn't turn around to me and say, "Oh yeah, of course I know of him." And And what they would also do was after after playing the cricket, they'd put on an exhibition of of boomerang and spear throwing. Um, They also had a cricket ball throwing competition, and they were just beaten uh, by. Uh, was it? beaten by an emerging English all-rounder of star quality, 20-year-old W.G. Grace. And for the cricket aficionados, that name should ring a bell. He was one of the uh, cricket greats. And I'm saying that as if I know the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> but <laughs> my research indicates he's a very, very well-respected um, cricketer, particularly in the early days. He threw 118 yards, uh, dick-a-dick through. 114 yards. Uh, that's, a, that's a long way. I, I, God, like, I'd be happy getting a third of that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So that was – and one of the other things he, do, he did, he was uh, renowned for his skill in traditional weapons, including the use of a, a, a wadi and a, a, a shield. Now, his star act – in this exhibition things afterwards, he would challenge men to hit him with a cricket ball, throw him for 15 paces. So basically he'd get uh, he'd get blokes up there, right, grab the cricket ball and try and try and scone me with it. And he would use his um his waddy and his shield and he'd fend off these cricket balls. Now, if that wasn't impressive enough, he would uh, walk towards them and at some point suddenly yell and frighten frighten them. (laughs) But he would then have four people throwing balls at him. And he was hit only once and he said he wasn't quite ready that. I think he's entitled to uh, to do that. But he would have four blokes throwing cricket balls at him, trying to hit him, and he was just just 
bouncing cricket balls off with his his shield and his waddy and not getting not getting hit. Where in fact, where did I put this? Yeah, had a, uh, a description here referred to as a famous athlete with a good running and jumping record. He was a fine, strapping, handsome fellow and must have had an eye like a hawk to escape the flying cricket balls as he did invariably. He would glance to leg with his shield, play in the slips with his leongly, and avoid the other two balls by leaping in the air, air straddling his legs or twisting his body like lightning. All this all done at once and quick as a thought. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just imagine people that he trying to get him and just having no chance whatsoever. So yeah, that was that was that was one of the things that he put on there. Look, he after that he uh, the cricket tour his his health wasn't much chop. Um, he travelled back to his traditional country and the Ebenezer Mission. Uh, thought to have worked as a drover and fencer along the the Murray River. Uh, the white locals recognised Dicker Dick as a leader and an elder, and um, they presented him with an inscribed king plate, which you had mentioned. Ah, oh, uh, yes, a yeah, which of, yeah. I didn't know about. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. Um. He was then, uh, where are we? Sorry, yeah. So it was known as a number of names throughout his life. In addition to his birth name, uh, uh, Junga Jin Aganuk, and its spelling variants, also known as King Billy, King Dick, and Kennedy, in order of an Eden Hope uh, policeman he admired. And his descendants adopted Kennedy as their, their surname. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So, look, he uh, even though there were some conflicting reports about his death, the commonly accepted version is that he died at the mission on 3rd of September, 1870. So that is the uh, Two Dicks Town Talk for Nil and the what I think was really interesting information about Dickadick, and I'd never heard of the bloke before, but there, yeah, it was... Uh, Something very, very uh, new to me. That's honestly, that's so cool. What a life to have lived, especially when he lived it. Even if if he did this yeah. this sort of stuff today, it would be impressive. But yep, doing it when he did it, absolute nothing held him back. You know, um, bloody incredible. Uh, I don't know why this hasn't been made into a film yet. This would make a fantastic movie. Yep, I think so too. And you know that they were the first, you know, the first international Australian team. I yeah, hundred percent with you. I don't get why this hasn't been seized upon. Hopefully, someone listening to this uh, can do it. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're a famous film director, uh, there you go. That's a free one for you. Go and buy the rights and <laughs> <That's> um, <laughs> and and get it get it done. We love a bit of a, a Australian theatre, so yeah, um, very cool. I I like that very much. <clears throat> so did I.